G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the less knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by Kays and Dossie. How you going boys? Good Hef. I'm not too bad. Sitting in my bedroom, just uh, enjoying a crispy Peroni Nestro Azzurro thanks to the docket deal at Liquorland on the weekend. Gotta love a good docket deal. How you going, Dossie? Yeah, going well, mate. We're a bit like uh, the Mighty Weagles at the moment, just all in all in isolation, doing what we can do. Um, just a bit of a bit of COVID separation tonight on the pod, but going well, mate. The health and safety protocols that we've enacted within our own uh, four walls here. Um, you know, it's just the it's the standards we kind of you know drive and commit to at the Keeper League. We uh, we we're not better than the virus. We 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 adhere to them as well. So uh, important to note that. Yeah, no, I'm, we're just in. Uh, I'm in isolation for a period until a test result comes back. So. Yeah, we're just going to do it over online and get it done with tonight. And uh, yeah, hopefully the standard is still pretty good. All right, uh, we're going to get stuck into the pod in a second. But the big talking point that we were just chatting about before the show is, um, Dossie, you had your first trial game on the weekend, mate. And let's just put it out there for the record. Dossie does not want to talk about this at all. So <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about it. I don't even know about it. So Dossie, I just want to know what your approximate fantasy score was. That's all. Look, I'm not. I'm, an, I'm a team player, so I don't count my stats. I don't think about fantasy at all. As much as I... <laughs> As much as I um, preach thirst, you know, I'm more of a more of a team orientated player. Yes, I do exhibit thirst um, naturally, but look, I don't want to talk about fantasy scores. Just know that played my role and um, think we got the win, even though you don't count count uh, the score in trial games. So we we did all right, the cooks. That is one of the most boring press conference answers I've ever heard in my yeah. life. Now, Dossie, last year when I had a little my first game of the year for the Walkerville C grade, I counted my fantasy stats. So. <laughs> Your first game against the Cats on Saturday. I hope you're doing the same. It's what the family want here. No, uh, I won't be. I'll be. I'll be. Well, we'll be at the game, case, so we may as well count the fantasy stats. I reckon <laughs> we can do that. The big question is, Heifer, we have to be there at twelve o'clock or two o'clock for the game. Depends what grade Dossie's playing. What are you playing? Yeah, I don't know. That's what I want to know. Uh, we'll wait and see, mate. That's uh, that's all up to the coaching staff. Credit to the boys. We'll take it one week at a time. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> well, let us know, Dossie, so we can be there to cheer you on. Um, yeah, cheer you on, even though we're from the opposition team. So, we'll see how that be goes. There at five, <laughs> but, uh, be there at 5 p.m., mate. I'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll be there for beers at that time, that's for sure. <laughs> anyway, uh, how do we go this weekend, uh, boys, in the uh, in the home leagues? Dossie, how did your team go? Yeah, did all right, actually. Flying high on the home league. Had a, had a bit of a surprise upset loss in the first week but yeah came back strong versing our good friend uh, Simo so the man that writes the great articles on the website the captain and streamers articles he's also in my home league and uh, got the chockies over him so feeling good but did have the uh, the bullet of um, merit going down going down with a very nice captaincy score for me though but going down nonetheless so it hurts Merit going down with a syndesmosis injury for those who haven't heard it yet. So that hurts a lot of Keeper League coaches out there. Okay, is your two and zip in the home league looking for a premiership this year? How's, how have you rated your start to the season? Uh, probably a four out of ten. I'm lucky to have won both my games. I've coached poorly. Uh, I've backed in Maxi Gorn both weeks. He has not delivered. Um, yeah, I'm just missing blokes. I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm really coaching badly. I'm like Luke Beveridge of the fantasy world at the moment. 
Well, on the uh, flip side, the uh, Hoofers, which is my team, uh, top scored the home league for the first time in probably three years uh, this week. But it does help when you've got Andrew Brayshaw currently averaging 150.5, pumping out a 180-plus for you. But then I also had Carl Amon with the VC on. Um, I thought I didn't want to get greedy and take the not take the 148, but I should have left it on Brayshaw with the 180. But it is what it is. Uh, I'm still not going to complain with a 1,700-plus score in the home league. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, Kays, I think you've got... Oh, sorry, Dossie. Yeah, I'll just say... There's a guy we're going to talk about tonight who I'm very excited about. I can't wait to talk about him, but I will I will wait for a little bit longer. But what I'll say is I actually just skipped my mind to draft him. I'm talking about a Melbourne player with a bit of red hair. Uh, skipped my <laughs> mind to draft him in my home league and thankfully sprinted to the waiver after round one, realised my mistake, snapped him up. Even following the poor first round score, and I tell you what, I'm uh, very happy to have him now. So, we'll talk about him later, but I just wanted to say, so happy that he's now in my home league. I have got that redhead in one of my leagues, picked up with my second to last pick in the draft as well, Dossie. So, I'm on board too. Now, Case, (laughs) you got something to say, Case? Yeah, it's actually a nice little segue into a question I want to ask the listeners and the the fans out there now. Um. Obviously, we've got a group chat between us three and, you know, at, at points of the weekend, it goes hot, points it's not, you know, not as busy. Now, throughout the weekend, there was a couple of messages sent by one of our, um, what is it, show members here. Co-host. It was Jake Goatee and also Josh Goatul. Now, they were the messages that came through with the emojis. Now, I'm asking the listeners out there. How many guys are allowed to be goats? Now, if you've gone through everyone that bloody Doss has goated, we're going to have to come up with a new animal because a goat is actually just like a subpar player these days. Now, we're talking about, you know, Messi v. Ronaldo, you know, LeBron v. You know, Michael Jordan. These guys are effectively goats of their generation. You're putting in Josh fucking battle (laughs) as a goat. Now, I think you need to tone it down, Dossie. Bit of a rant, I know, but my God. Goats are going. This is basically like an old McDonald's farm. There's that many goats around. Um, I will not turn it down. In fact, I will tone it up as we go along in the show <laughs> because, uh, like you said, mate, uh, you've put it perfectly. Ronaldo versus Messi, Bowie versus Battle. It, it is the greatest battle of our time going forward. So does that, so does that mean Lipinski's dead? Does that mean Paddy Dow, rest in peace? Is no, dead? Lipinski you know, versus like, Dow. They're all goats. You've got, you know, it's uh, it's it's the time of my the goat. God, there's like ten goats. It's not. There's too many is goats. It the, what's the in, the Chinese? Is this the year of the goat this year? I think it must be because uh, we've got a lot going around. In my opinion, you have to be have to have a song written about you before you're a true goat. But that could be an indication of who the song is about next year. So there might be a battle. Well, uh, you know, you know, be, know ba- you know for a fact Bowie was in contention this year. You know that I do actually. So it could actually happen next year. So I don't know. Hopefully, people are, are still somewhat surprised when a Bowie song does come out next year. But uh, like, we'll leave them guessing as to what song it is. But uh, anyways, um, boys, April is approaching. So that's next month, and that's. Uh, Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. So, if you haven't heard of this before, um, Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and uh, early cancer detection. So, Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for a common form of cancer in men aged between uh, 15 and 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. So, 
if you want to get involved in that, all you have to do and supporting that, all you have to do is uh, jump on manscaped.com um, and buy any of the products using our code KEEPER20 uh, and get 20% off and free shipping with that and Manscaped will uh, donate a portion of the sale to uh, testicular cancer awareness. So that's uh, the big one for this weekend. We won't riff on that one too much because it's uh, quite a quite a serious topic. But uh, yeah, if you want to get involved in supporting that, you can just buy some Manscaped products, purchase some Manscaped products and uh, yeah, save some balls uh, in the meantime. But anyway... Kaze's uh, dog has entered the room, which probably means it's time to move on and move into the round rewind. All right, first game of the week was Western Bulldogs versus Carlton. Uh, who had this one? That was me, Heffy. All right, let's get stuck into it, Kaze. I'd like to start off with a player that's dear to my heart. Uh, Matthew Kennedy, 114 points. Now, can we 2G for PMF? I don't care what your worries are. Uh, are we allowed to 2G for P, Matty Kennedy? I think so. No one's going to be No one's going to be wanting him. Like, well, sorry, no one's going to get him. No one's going to be wanting to trade him or anything like that right now. He's in hot form. I think he even makes the top 10 of my projections this week uh, wow. on the early projections. So, um, yeah, look, if you're, if you're in that this range. Will, this will be the first week we get a look, won't it? Like, theoretically, if all goes yeah. well, we'll get a look at what he looks like next to Walsh, next to Chera if he comes back. Crips like the whole and Hewitt, the whole lot of them. So it'll be very, very interesting mm. week. It's like you've read my notes, Dossie. I th- this week we will see the big four in. the The big thing for me from um from the weekend is that Hewitt went to tag the Bont um in the second half of the game, and that was backed up by uh, Hanson in the press conference after the game. So maybe that's an indication that they they want Matty Kennedy to be that creative bull in there, and they're happy for Georgie Hewitt to go back to his his tagging ways, which is um very interesting. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Would be surprised if that does happen, but I don't think it's gonna gonna be too much different for a bit, a little bit, little bit different for Georgie Hewitt. But I think we've, I only expected like the eighty kind of ninety range from him anyway this year. Unless as a defender, I'm not real, real worried about George Hewitt. But yeah, that's what I was no. thinking about. I think the rest of them are going to be pretty fine. I think Hewitt does take the dip, but it's still not going to be the worst thing in the world. I don't reckon. No, I agree. I think he will still be a solid defender this year. Uh, Zach Williams, 103 points from him. A bit of a throwback to Z Will of old off the halfback flank. He had 27 touches, 10 marks at 89% disposal efficiency. Uh, the Blues really managed to control it pretty well back there. You know, we saw Doc, Newman and Williams all score really well on the weekend. So I think, you know, with those three back there, there may be a few roller coaster weeks depending on the game style. But um, yeah, Zach Williams has kind of got back to some kind of form. Heffy or a Zach Williams owner at one stage, weren't you? I still own him in the the podcasters league. Um, I did not expect actually. I expected him to be dropped on the weekend after the week prize performance, but uh, yeah, put up a good game. I didn't see a heap of this game, but um, I'm pretty happy with that score. That's for sure. Big time. A couple of big scores from some big units. Harry Mackay. 101 points from him. He was super imposing uh, last year's common medalist. Was an 87 points at halftime and then somehow managed to go ice cold and only have two more kicks for the rest of the night. Look, the ball didn't spend a hell of a lot of time in the forward line late in the game, but still a very good game regardless from Harry. Uh, 12 marks is absolutely massive. And I think this year uh, he's going to put up some big scores. Kind of a, obviously, they're both good players in their own right, but fantasy-wise, he reminds me of Tomahawk where, you know, he can just, he'll just, bully blokes off the ball and take a heap of grabs and kick a heap of goals at stages this year. So, um, yeah, I think basically be starting each week with forwards, but um, I reckon you could 
probably be in for five or six tons this year without uh, too much hassle. And his uh, partner in crime up forward, Charlie Kerno, 100 points from him. A game that really put a smile on my dial. I've always loved Charlie, and it was great to see him back playing with some confidence on the weekend. Um, look, hopefully he's fully fit because he's a great key forward fantasy prospect, if so. And what I like about the Blues run, they've got the Hawks, the Suns, and Port coming coming up in the next three weeks. And all three teams have pretty weak back lines. Um, you know, Port without Alir Alir at the moment and just God knows who else plays back there. So he's well worth a look. Um, Dossie, I know you love a key forward. You excited about Horatio and Charles? Well, I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of Charles. Yeah, and I agree. I, I, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of key forwards necessarily, but yeah, Mackay and um, ironically the other guy in that game who I think he's looking potentially at missing this week. But um, mm. I still would have had some fair bit of faith in Norton. But even though he did pretty poor, you've got one of the best key defenders mm. playing against you in this game. So him and Mackay, two of the probably only key forwards like I'd be super super comfortable fielding but um, in terms of Charlie I was so massive on him before his spout of injury so yeah to see him get Mm -hmm. him back in good form I think he actually has a higher ceiling when it comes to just not just scoring goals like I think he's a high possession getter at at times as as a high half forward but in this one just getting the goals so yeah awesome to see. Yeah, just quickly touching on Norton, I just think dogs, dogs butchered the way they kicked the ball into him um, on the weekend and just, yeah, was bad. So, sucks for Norton Onus if he does miss this week because, uh, yeah, his best is very good. Uh, just a couple of the Blues players. Lockie O'Brien had 96 points. Now, a good score, obviously, but I'm not convinced that he gives them a whole lot. Uh, Carlton, that is. Yeah, 25 touches and kicked two behinds, but it was a bit of a score fest, the, the game on, was it Thursday night? So, um, you know, you've got Chera and Martin coming back in and then they put pressure on guys like O'Brien. So I wouldn't get too sucked in um, with him. And Tom DeConnick, uh, interesting to see where one of you guys think he's at. He only had 36 points. Now, I think it's a bit of worrying signs because what's he really doing there? He's 22. It's his fifth year on the list. Yes, he shows some glimpses and we've seen some glimpses up forward this year. Uh, he put together two 90 games last year, um, but only has had eight and 10 hitouts so far this season. Now, I thought Mark Pittnett was pretty old, but he's only 25. Now, while he's not a great uh, fantasy scorer, he seems like a much more accomplished ruck. So I'm a bit worried. I was quite keen on DeConnick probably start of the year as a breakout candidate, but I haven't seen anything from him yet this season. Real injury, sorry, real injury interrupted preseason though. So they could just be biding their time, stashing him up forward, just trying to get a bit of fitness in the legs. Because we saw him do a few freaky things in the trial games, and I think round one as well, he did a few things as well that were kind of, kind of a bit nicer. But yeah, I just don't think he's getting the ruck time as we were all expecting, and they're just relying on Pitnet at the moment. But I think we'll see it increase as the season goes on. So I reckon we just kind of hold on to that one and just see what happens. Let's hope so. Um, we'll touch on the dogs. Nothing too much to talk about with the dogs. It was the usual suspects in terms of fantasy scoring. Uh, Sherlock Dossie got it right last week. Uh, Libba bounced back with a 104. Now, I know Bally Smith is out, but uh, Sherlock Dossie thought there might have been some COVID-related rumours around Libba last week. So, he's obviously back. Um, no Bally, but he had 13 CBAs and, and was busy. So, tip of the cap to Sherlock Dossie. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah. So, increase those CBAs from, what, 0 to 13, but... Interesting, mm-hmm. um, yeah, interesting to see where he and Bailey Smith fit into the side, I guess, when he's back as well. Agreed. Uh, Lockie Hunter, one that's going to be causing a few nightmares for fantasy coaches, me included. 72 points from him. I felt it was a bit more of a promising game. Had 18 touches um, with quiet first and fourth quarters. And I know the wing can be a bit tough, but I'm having zero confidence starting him on my field at the moment, especially as a mid only. 
What I was looking at, though, the, the dogs' uh, fixtures very nice, and thank God they only play one Sunday game in the first set of fixtures. They've got three Friday games and a Thursday game coming up in the next four or six weeks, so uh, that's super handy because it can mean you can loophole someone like Hunter or one of these underperforming dogs. Uh, a couple others. Rourke Smith had 78 serviceable game, but um, a no-go as a mid-only. And Ed Richards, he had 46 points. Now, I thought he might have been up uh, on an upward trend after a positive preseason campaign, but looks like he's stuck in a lockdown-style role too. Um, he's obviously beating Bailey Williams for that spot, who's effectively not best 22. But uh, it seems to be a very unfantasy-friendly role, which is a bit annoying because I think he's got some talent. But um, yeah, don't have much faith in that in that role at the moment. All right, uh, let's move on to the next game, which is Sydney versus Geelong. So, first player I'm going to talk about is a 2G4P candidate. So, he scored 93 points in the weekend. That is Errol Golden. Now, have we 2G4P'd him before? I can't remember, guys. I thought we did it last week. Oh, maybe we did. Okay. Well, if he is, well, if we have, he's definitely 2G4P gonna now. Have to get, so we're going to have to Golden. get a list or something, aren't we? Like a little Hall of yeah. Fame. For the year. Yeah, usually usually I'm quite good at remembering, but I don't know, last week just yeah, Not me. slipped the mind. <laughs> yeah, anyways, uh, no more Errol Gordon on the podcast. He's 2G4P. Uh, we'll move on to another guy that I'm super excited about. And I have I held the faith in my keepers this year. He was right on the cusp of being cut, but I held on to him. I chose to keep him over Jack Ross, and that is Dylan Stevens. So he had 89 points on the weekend, playing mainly on the wing. He got involved in that plus six chip around the boundary type play. Um, Sydney do tend to kind of use the corridor quite a bit, but when they couldn't get that moving, they were kind of moving to the outside. And uh, yeah, he got involved in a lot of plus sixes. Um, he did get kind of uh, like there was a few kind of questionable disposals and he's put under pressure a few times by his teammates that kind of probably didn't help him out as well. But I think he's having a pretty good season um, regardless. Um, just a few things that make him probably look um, a bit like lackluster at times. is kind of just a bit out of his control, that's all. But I think we've seen like with Dawson leaving last year, McInerney was out on the weekend and Ollie Florent moving on the inside. I think there's a real role for uh, for Stevens at the moment. So I don't know, Doss, you're a big fan too. Do you think this will be his year or do you think we still have to wait another year before we see a a proper breakout style year. I think it's great signs, put it that way, early, especially from what we saw in the preseason and now we've seen a nice score. Um, McInerney out of the side, though, um, I guess we'll have to wait and see what it looks like when he's back. But we saw him score putrid in the first week and that was based on, I think, mainly the game style. So seeing a, seeing a more friendly game style for the wing in this game, um, he's able to sort of come in and get involved. But... Yeah, I'm big on him, especially, you know, he's played, what, I think it's 17 games for his career so far. So, he's going to have those fumbles and and those mistakes, and that's just natural for a young player at 21 years old. So, yeah, I've got a lot of um, got a lot of faith in him going forward. But, yeah, I think maybe next, next year or the year after is when we're going to see him really pop. But we're going to get some nice scores this year when the Swans are up and about. All right, I'll move on to Chad Warner now. So, 87 points on the weekend. And I don't know if I can remember a player that kind of has missed so much or a player of this kind of age who missed so much footy last season, just kind of walk back into a side with just swagger and confidence and just kind of play like he's just, you know, left left nothing like in, behind him and, you know, just kind of move into the side and look so comfortable in that team. So, he was one of the better users inside the midfield as well, which I thought was quite impressive. So, he was actually not only just kind of racking him up a bit, he was actually using the ball pretty well. So, it tells me Sydney are just someone that, you know, they want the ball in his hands. He just feels like a sure thing for me as a fantasy star. Just oozes confidence and class. And yeah, just picked off where he left from last season. Case, you're a proud owner. Are you pretty excited about Warner? I love the chat. I love that they threw him straight in the guts and he just dominated. Um, they look for him. He's an enigma. There's something about him. Um, incredibly happy to be an owner. 
just looks like nothing phases him. Like he just comes back from comes from nowhere basically and just goes in the midfield and looks like he hasn't missed a beat. I loved it. Um, quick one, Harry Cunningham, eighty five points. I think he's just a good streaming option in defence. Um, every now and then he pops up, um, can be used in the this, uh, the kick ins a little bit as well and kind of get a few cheap stats in the half back line. So he's quite a good one just to stream, having your side to stream. Um, Nick Blakey, uh, eighty one points. Now boys, can we two G four P this guy yet? Anyone? Ah, no, no. Give him a few more weeks. <laughs> uh, I've got just kidding written next to it. Okay. But uh, look, I think the move to defense has may have genuinely saved his career or his fantasy career at least. And last year, Kaze, uh, last week, sorry, Kaze, you were a bit um, concerned about the kick-ins with Lloyd coming back into the side. Still had yep. five on the weekend. So I think Lloyd had around 10. So uh, I think he took about a quarter of the kick-ins for Sydney. So not the worst option. And if you can do that and still score 80 with a kind of full-strength side or full-strength defense, um, I think Nick Blakey yeah. could go right back there. And just the last one for Sydney, Buddy Franklin. Now, that was something something special on the weekend um you know so, sometimes i you know you get a bit burnt out watching footy because we're focusing on it so much but you see like a moment like that and that just reminds you why you just love watching footy i think just to see all those people sprinting out getting around the big guy but he had 74 points kicked his thousandth goal on the weekend i'm not sure he was pretty well fed on the weekend i'm not sure if that will continue uh, going forward but uh yeah look just wanted to mention buddy franklin on the show um, Hef, just a question, because I got to see um, a little bit of this game, but not the whole thing. And I was actually really impressed um, by Braden Campbell when he was on. But I saw he only had, um, and sorry to put you on the spot like this, mate, and if you haven't seen it, it's all right. good, but he had 59% time on ground. Was that, do you know if that was due to anything or was that just literally, you know, just didn't get on the ground? Because I'd actually, I'm still keen to sort of buy low or if people are dropping him to pick him up, because he had 66 in basically half a game, was taking some great yeah. strong marks down in defence. And I actually, yeah, I thought his stocks went up even though he had limited time on ground. Yeah, I just didn't really, I just didn't notice him to be honest, mate, because it's probably should the fact that it wasn't on the ground very much. But yeah, nothing really stood out to me on top of what he usually does, that's all. Um, but yeah, if the low time on ground's a factor, it's probably a good sign, but well, good sign for his fantasy scoring, but it just kind of makes you wonder where he fits in Sydney's plans, especially when they're flying and they're up and about. That's all. No, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. No, I was wondering yeah, if yeah. there was like a, if he, you know, saw something happen on the broadcast, like a tweak. Yeah, no major so. role change or, you know, someone filling in that I saw. But uh, yeah, I could be wrong on that one. Um, we'll move on to Geelong player, uh, Brad Close. So he had 110 points. Um, it was a career best game for him. Well, I think it was anyway. I didn't double check that, but I safely say it probably was. Um, kick four goals and, um, you know, look good, but I just don't love the role, especially for Geelong as well. They do have a lot of those small forward types running around at the moment that can play that role, but I think they'll be sharing that, that load around a little bit. But um, yeah, in a game where not many players look very good for Geelong, Brad Close was the standout. But yeah, I've got no one else to talk about for Geelong. So um, yeah, let's move on to uh, Collingwood versus the Adelaide Crows. Yes. Now, the better Dacos stepped up this week in Josh, uh, had 97 points. Um I think you said something, Dossie, last week that he looked a lot better than his 60-odd that he scored last week, and um, he definitely looked really good on the weekend. I know it was only the Crows, but 25 touches out on the wing. He played a, a perfect game from mine. Plenty of metres gained, tackled. Uh, he looks confident out there, so I think you know we've had um, a week of good footy into a week of good scoring. I think uh, it's onwards and upwards for, for Dacos this year. Yeah, no, I appreciate the... Uh, the the recognition, Sherlock Dossie has been on the case on a few of these, um, and I expect some more praise coming my way for the next uh, couple of players here. But yeah, no, just just take us the roles there, um, and he showed these signs a couple of years ago when he had that wing role in the old system as well, and um, has looked fantastic in the preseason. Um, passes the eye test, and finally, yeah, does put on the score here. So great signs. 
Now, Jack Ginnivan, 87 points from him. I think he might be close to getting a ticket on the bus this year. Just a workhorse. I'm a massive fan of this kid. Now, um, I kind of liken him to, to Dylan Moore, uh, a smaller forward who, you know, just just works so hard, always is in the contest. Um, he kicked two goals, one, had 21 touches, uh, gets up the ground, and as I said, he's, he's just a workhorse, and I love that from that kind of a player. So, only in his second year, um, the 87 came from only 72% time on ground. So, there's going to be some ups and downs this year for sure, but for me, he just passes the eye test, and there's something about him. Um, I know he's got a bit of swagger, which is nice too, but uh, more importantly, just looks like a, a guy with a bit of hunger and a, a bit of a fantasy game. I'm on the same page with you, mate. I think, yeah. I, last week, I was all aboard just because I hadn't seen him fully and I had I had the Collingwood game last week. I'm all all for it, man. And, and I think, like you said, it's going to be a topsy-turvy ride this year because, you know, a forward, a young forward, a 19-year-old, but going forward as a stasher or, you know, potentially a streamer if he's going to put up these sort of scores, yeah, he, he, he looks he looks like, like a player. Good, good. Another guy who looks like a play is Ollie Henry. Uh, he had 56 points, kicked two goals, one as well. Look, not, a, not a big score there, but he just launches himself at the footy. A uh, bit of a human highlights reel. I think he's one for the future. Just needs to work on his craft a bit, get a bit bigger, a bit more confident. I think he's a, a good stash uh, candidate for the Pies. Uh, Paddy Lipinski. Did we 2G for PM last week? Because he might be crushing back down after a 69. He had 24 touches, but as you flagged in the preseason, DOS, only 10 kicks from those 24 touches. Are we concerned? Have we killed him a week into the season? No, we're not concerned. Um, a fantasy stud like Nick Dacos only had a 73 as well. There was a few sort of lower scores. Taylor Adams had a 57, um, who's a notorious ton merchant. I wouldn't be too concerned with Paddy Lipinski especially like what are you going to do when you keep a league like try and trade him now so mm-hmm. no nah, he'll bounce back next week but um, what are your expectations I guess Kay's on where, what he averages this year I guess is probably the question that you've got to ask yourself as an owner now it's true I had him around the 90 to 100 um, so he's probably sitting in that you know off his average roughly at the moment um, I didn't think he played badly it's just one of those games where he just didn't get the score um, and obviously the, the high Handball to kick ratio hurts him, but yeah, I'm not concerned. Just wanted to make sure the the goater that is you uh, isn't concerned You'll either. Um, Darcy Cameron's a funny one. The last one, 27 points and an, a bit of an odd selection from the Pies because he was the sub. Um, and as a ruckman, it's quite strange. But 27 points from only 15% time on ground. Came on, kicked a late goal, had six touches. And he was only one of four hit-out winners for the day. So no one else from Collingwood, apart from Brody Grundy, won a hit-out. So... Uh, Nathan Kruger did look kind of promising, but uh, it looks like his shoulder injury may be a bit bad. And if Cameron comes in, I reckon he's a sneaky kind of waiver pickup this week uh, if he plays that second ruck role. Got the forward status. Just one to monitor on the team selections this week. Just a bit of a uh, smooth ball call. I don't know. I think that's what we're calling it now. Isn't it? <laughs> a, nu- a nut uh, feel. A nut feel, righto. Uh, on to the Crows. Just want to talk about the wingers. Uh, Mitch Hinge had 79. Lockie Scholl had 78. I'm just not sure where I sit on either of those guys. I think I think they're probably going to have to persist with Scholl. Um, you know, they've invested a bit of time into him. Hinge is a bit of an unknown commodity. He had some promising signs up at Brisbane. Um, both on that wing, it's a tough role to play when the Crows aren't necessarily up and about and getting a lot of drive. You know, they, they float Dawson all around the, the field, and I'm not sure the Crows really know where to play Dawson at the moment either. So, um, you know, whether it's on the wing, whether it's across half back. So these two guys might fluctuate a bit, but I wouldn't wouldn't um, talk you out of having a piece of either of them if they're, 
you know, on a waiver wire or something like that. I think they've both got a bit of potential. Uh, Tommy Duday had 78 points, 19 touches back there and was aided by eight marks. I kind of thought he might be a fantasy commodity one day, but I just don't think that's happening anymore. Um, he's going to take plenty of marks. That's kind of the role he does, but he doesn't have that license to create like someone like a Brody Smith or, or Dawson does have. Um, and I think with the, the lack of depth in the Crows back line, I think um, he's just going to probably maybe be pushing around this, you know, 80 might be his kind of best every now and then, um, but we'll have some poorer games. So I know there's a few people who are quite keen on Duday, but I, I just pump the brakes there a bit. Uh, Jimmy Rowe had 74 points. He's now put two solid games together in a row, which is quite crazy. Almost looks to be playing that connector-style role. Um, He had 18 touches, kicked two goals, one, and uh, gets up and down the ground nicely. Looks to be a rock-hard fit. Amazingly, he averages 80 this season. Um, Now, yes, he's played two strong or less than strong teams, I should say, but he might be serviceable. The Crows seem to love him, uh, probably because of his last name for some reason. But um, I don't know. There's just something about him this year that's kind of popped that – yeah, I don't know. It's just piqued my interest. Anyone? Uh, yeah, I've been watching because I watched the last week's game as well. Like he has looked good, but he did look good early last season as well. Then fell hard. Now I'm not sure if that's a fitness thing, and if that was a fitness thing, then he might have built that tank over in the off season. He could be okay. I just, I just don't love his size. Like I know if, if he's playing that connector role, it doesn't really matter. But just being a kind of a genuine, seems like a genuine small forward when you're looking at him. I just think he might be thrown into that role once a few uh, other players come on. That's all. I think we saw. Just you're going to move on to Josh Rochelle next. I think. Mm-hmm. Did he move into the midfield at some stage? There was a crow supporter in our group chat harping on about that. So did that happen as they well? F- they threw him a lot higher up the ground. Um, yep. Yeah. And. He's just classy, like 20 touches and a goal and didn't feast like last week. But this is kind of, if this is a standard game for him in his first year in a poor side, like, wow. What I like, he manages to find space. Um, I don't know how he does it, but, but he's just great fun to watch. And yeah, no one is no one is trading Josh Rochelle. No uh, absolutely not. Me, I was just thinking maybe just with Rochelle, because I, I am looking here at the stats here. He did have two CBAs, so not like he was, you know, playing the whole game in the midfield or anything like that. But um yeah, I was just thinking maybe that, that could have been a reason why Rowe had a bit more up there because if another forward was taken out the forward line. The thing is with Crows, potentially that after the shit start that they might throw a few random blokes in the midfield and whether it's they, you know, pinch hit Rochelle for four or five CBAs, maybe they do the same for Rowe. Yeah. Who knows? I think they might try a few things because obviously what's happening at the moment with their slow midfield isn't, isn't working that well. Um, and this week we saw Braden Cook come in. Now, he was one of the three new faces. It was uh, Peddler and... Um, can't remember, Gollant, sorry, it was the other one that came in. But Cook really stood out. Um, was the best to the eye to me. Um, the much-hyped peddler was just playing small forward, and I don't think that's his role, so it's a bit rough to, to judge him on that. But they seem to give Cook a lot more um, responsibility up the ground. He had 15 touches, 12 of them were kicks, which is lovely. Only 69% time on ground. Had some polish. So I definitely hope he holds because I think there's something about him. Side story about uh, Gallant. <laughs> Don't know if you guys heard this side story, but Louis from the Pod Pod, don't think he's put this out there anywhere. But um, Louis was like, does he want it out there? <laughs> no, I think he'd be right. Uh, Louis was okay. just down having a kick like by himself, and he saw some bloke running laps, and then Louis was just like, oh mate, do you want to have a kick? And it just happened to be like Lockie Gallant. <laughs> like this is like last week, and then he gets selected that week. So I think Louis must have polished up his kicking skills there and helped him out and get get a game. So gave him a few tips. Yeah, yeah. no weird wow. story though. Apparently it was just so random, but yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, I don't really want to talk about the next game, but I suppose I will. Essendon versus Brisbane uh, from the Bombers. 
we just like ticker. We are, yeah, just not there at the moment, which is sad. Uh, Peter Wright started the ha- started the day like a house on fire. He finished with 103 points. He was on 72 points at quarter time. 72 <laughs> points. He had 11 touches, eight marks, and two goals all in the first quarter. He was hotter than a ghost pepper chili. <laughs> Look, he was everywhere. Um, I actually thought Sam Draper must have gone off injured because literally Peter Wright was everywhere. He obviously quietened down a bit, but I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Peter Wright. I've said it a lot of times. Um, I feel he's always going to be that much maligned player, but I just think he has a crack. He gives us a contest and he does score pretty well. Like if you look at his fantasy scores from the last year when he made his way into the Don side, he, he doesn't really put up too many bad games. So um, I wish that we had some better key forwards that we don't have to rely on him so much because I think he'd be even better, um, you know, as the you know third tall or, you know, a bit of luxury like that. But um, yeah, I think ruck forward, I think he'll hold it again next year. I think he's a great little, great little get. I, uh, the the Franklin is the bar of choice for me and my mates before we go to port games and my mate from uh, Melbourne was over this week and um, he hadn't been to a port game in two years but anyway the first thing he says to me when I rock up to the to the pub was that he's he's basically beside himself because he's um dropped Peter Wright uh, the week before <laughs> and he's on like 75 at quarter time or something like that and it's ended up losing him the game as well so uh, yeah big game from uh, the two meter Peter and uh, yeah unfortunately Jules you uh, couldn't uh, have him on having that score on your field but yeah still it was a funny story. Ouch. Uh, Nick Cox, the unicorn, he had 71 points. Um, He was down last week against the Cats, but I thought he was one of the Dons who stood pretty tall on the weekend. 21 touches and and worked pretty well. His disposal can be a bit iffy at times, but um, yeah, I I think he's tracking the right way. It's only his second year. Um, I don't think it's a startable commodity in too many leagues at the moment, but he's building nicely. What I'm interested in, guys, is where do you think he sits in, you know, three to four years' time, I suppose. You know, is he that genuine hybrid player, you know, almost like a Justin Westoff style? I know that was floated in our group chat. He could be because he's got the size and, you know, he does take a good grab. Where, where does he play long-term is, is the big question. I, did, I didn't see this game um, for obvious reasons. I just mentioned I was at the pub. But... Uh and I did look at our group chat and they were teeing off at Nick Cox here, okay, saying he needs to get on the hamburgers or get on a bit of protein and needs to uh, – and, and also looks like he doesn't want the footy. What's the, what's the go needs, there? He needs a few Cooper stouts to fatten him up. Yeah, um, something like that. I don't know about that. I just think he's a bit of a laconic kind of character. Yeah, okay. Just another one that's just going to cop it. But look, honestly, there was a lot of blokes who were a lot worse than Nick Cox on, on Saturday. I just want to see. Right. I want to see a world where he gets that role where he can actually get in some get some ruck time, which I think will come when he gets that that bit of beef on him. Because we see similar traits to like obviously way different physical specimens, which is the issue. But similar sort of things that when you put Luke Jackson in the ruck, how he can get the ball at ground mm-hmm. level, like. Nick Cox can do that mm-hmm. sort of thing and it's like freakish at that height. So, I think if he does put on that muscle and eventually gets the role where we can see him as like- Like he did this last year a few times um, when they were missing Draper, but playing on a wing and then getting CBAs for the ruck, that's like the juiciest kind of like you say unicorn role. So, I hope that eventually happens, but yeah. Even if he was just to play like across halfback or something like that as like a, a third tall type thing, like you say, your Westoff just used to float type thing as well. Just get him in a spot where he can just take a few marks, get a bit of confidence, get a few kicks, get him behind the footy, that sort of stuff as well. I, I think he'd be good in that role too. I just don't know if the wing is the right spot for him, that's all. 
I just think there's anywhere they can play him at the moment. You know, yeah. if they play him down back, he's going to have to be too accountable. And yeah. I don't know if we need that. Uh, Tom Cutler had 70 points, uh, backed up his good game last week with another solid one. Um, I said he was worth a look on the waiver pod last week. And I think you'd take 70 most weeks from a guy off the waivers. Uh, 15 touches and kick one goal too. Still unsure if he actually is best 22, but at the moment he's um, he's being more than serviceable. Off the halfback and wing. Um, a guy who is not being serviceable is our skipper, Dyson Heppel. 59 points. Now, I flagged him last week as a one-to-watch, uh, you know, BTP contender. That's back to the pod for the new listeners. And I'm questioning where he's at with his role. Uh, 16 touches, six marks and one tackle. Only had 212 metres gained, which for a player of halfback is crap. Um, at his best when he's playing the halfback role properly like he did last year. You know, he plays it like Scott Penderbury's been doing it this year, just, um, you know, setting up, and I hate the term, but the quarterback role, um, he can play it quite well. Now, at the moment, he's looking like he's trying to play that lockdown, small to medium defender, which isn't him, one, and also hurts his fantasy output, too. So, something's got to give their guys on, and Heppelona, apparently in a premiership window, and I'm very, very concerned. I don't know what I should do. Yeah, I think, I don't know, you just need to find out what role he actually locks down, because there was talk of him playing, moving up to the wing, in defence, he was good last year, but he doesn't seem to be getting as much of a, a run down there. Um, yeah, I don't know, Case. I don't know what the answer is for this one. It's just maybe too many similar types of players at uh, Essendon, well, I think, perhaps. You might find you might find some role shift now with Merritt moving out of the side. So, you might get some relief mm. for owners. And even I'd probably be dabbling in a, in a buy-low this week if you can, because we might see some role shift. You know, McGrath, for instance, been playing that half-back role. He might have to move into the middle mm. to fill the, the Merritt void. And then you get Heppel back on a half-back instead of playing that, that wing role, which hasn't really been friendly for him. Yeah, good call there, Dustin. This might lead into the next guy. Lucky we didn't 2G for PM last week. Have Jai Caldwell, 58 points from him. I like him, but he goes missing too much now. He did try and tag a bit on the weekend, but uh, obviously Lockie Neal was you know, in A++ form. He does some great stuff, but last week when I found Shil- found out Shu was laid out, I thought, oh, chips in. Caldwell's going to the ton. That didn't happen. Um, and amazingly, Stringer back in hurt him in a way I wasn't expecting. Coldwell only had the 11 CBAs, whereas the package had 21. Now, the package didn't score too well, but, um, you know, if Shield stays out, if Merritt's out, maybe we can see some turnaround for Coldwell. Um, he did have 21 touches, which sounds great, but 16 of those touches were handballs, which is not great. So, look, he's still young and he's missed a lot of footy, so I'm prepared to give him some leeway, but he needs to find some hunger and, you know, there's spots there for him. There's, there's pill there for him to win. He just needs to give me something. Just want to look at, look at the clearances. Um, and I didn't see this game, so, you know, I'm sure he, he could have played a lot better and he didn't score that well. But just looking at the, the what they need out of that midfield, you know, Parrish had six clearances behind him, and that's from 25 CBAs. Caldwell had five from his 11 CBAs. So I wonder whether they do just give him another shot now that Merritt's out. You'd expect he's the logical dude to move in there. So, yeah, I, I'd be I'd be happy still going forward with him. Agree, especially with the injury yeah. news. Uh, Charlie Cameron, 76. Um, look, same thing week in, week out. Can be a great option. He's a roller coaster to own. Um, you know, just don't know when to field him. Um, yeah, seems to be, you know, that kind of a player. Look, 
the other one I want to touch on, a couple to go, Jared Berry, 67 points. And there was a lot of Jared Berry hype in the preseason, but two games back, he's failed to deliver. He's had an 83 and a 67. Uh, in years past, there's possible excuses, you know, stuck on the outside or up forward. However, Berry had the fifth most CBAs in the game with 21, uh, 14 touches and five tackles. I think he's just a plain Jane kind of player. You guys like to call him a jag. I just don't know if there's that much in Jared Berry, I don't think. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm still I'm still waiting to see like what his role is going to end up being. It seems to go in and out of the midfield. Um, but yeah, I know he had a lot of CBAs uh, in this game, so it's I think he's just got to get used to kind of playing in one position and kind of roll with it for a few weeks before we can judge it too much. But yeah, I'm not loving the signs. You're right, Case. Uh, quickly, Noah Answorth, 66 points. Uh, just keep tracking his development. Uh, the Lions seem to love him. I reckon he's going to get plenty of opportunities. Nothing crazy from him on the weekend. 15 touches, but uh, I think he might be one to watch in a year or two when Dan Rich, um, you know, finally hangs him up. I think he's got a bit about him. And lastly, Cam Rayner, 43 points. Speaking of preseason hype. He's had 51 and 43 in his two games this year. 12 touches and a goal on the weekend. He's had 10 CBAs. He's had plenty of chances. Honestly, you want to hope he keeps forward status because I think the fantasy world are going to absolutely rip him to shreds if we don't see something soon. Is he a myth, Dossie? I think I called him, and no disrespect, but the greatest man, and we saw him dominate in the VFL this week, Paddy Dow. But I do think he's this year's Paddy Dow with the um, with the hype attached to his name. It's nothing... You know, not, not his fault, but he's given this massive hype that he's going to deliver on pl- being a centre bounce player. But he he's more of that quality over quantity, so he's probably doing his job in there. But you know, you see a guy like Stringer, for instance, go in there for a crap load of CBAs. Like that might be what Rainer's role is. Like goes in there for a lot of CBAs, mm-hmm. gets the clearances, but not a lot of touches, just a bit of polish. So, um, yeah, long term, I don't know. I um I benched him in the home league this week, so I kind of anticipated this happening. But then there were a few people in the um in the classic league asking should I go Cherry over Rainer, and I told them all to go Cherry, but uh, they still went Rainer. So yeah, bit of a bit of a downer there for those coaches. But anyways, we'll move on to the uh, Port Adelaide versus Hawthorne game. So pretty wow. um pretty. Are we going to move on to it? I would like to. No, actually, I don't. I, I don't know. Like, I kind of after the prelim, I'm kind of numb to all this. So, like, I was just happy out there watching the fantasy points go around, really getting around Carl Amon, getting heaps of junk stats. It was great. Uh, can I ask one question? I didn't see any of this game. Yeah. How come Port had like 1,000 million fantasy points and Hawthorne had 12 and they lost by 10 goals? Uh, Port Adelaide had just won the possession count by so much, but they just couldn't do anything with it. So, it's just the classic Port Adelaide. We don't really have a a cohesive forward structure that isn't just bombing on Charlie Dixon's head. And so when he's not there, we can't really do anything. So we kick to pockets, we kick to spots where there's just no chance of actually scoring. Um, we kick wide, you know, we've got poor, you know, disposals as well. Like it's just, we had the ball, but uh, we just couldn't do anything with it. Whereas like Hawthorne were just clinical when they did have it and the way they finished it. And that's where it kind of ended up. On that, I know you're doing a bit of data in this space, Hef. I reckon maybe next week, um, what maybe we can look at some of these matchups and see where they're kind of leaning for for our streaming and stuff like that because I know you do an awesome job with the projections. It'd be nice to look at where they're at after three rounds of data. I reckon it'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, sure. We can we can maybe do something in that space. But anyway, uh, I'll talk about Willem Drew first. So he had ninety five points from sixty three percent time on ground. Look. Here's what he is. He is a low time on ground player, and I think this will hinder him at times, but he had good points per minute in this match, so you just got to ride him on the weeks where he does get the uh, points per minute. Uh, if he can somehow kind of boost his time on ground, he might be okay, but uh, one I'm not super sold on 
at the moment, just purely based on the time on ground um, he's getting at the moment. Um, Sam Power Pepper, though, he had 92 points, and we're actually sitting there kind of criticising his game uh, in the first half, and then in the second half just went absolutely bananas. So playing as that mid-forward role, like he went forward, kicked uh, three goals, I think it was, um, got a few clearances from the midfield as well. One of the players in the second half, he actually looked like he was trying. So he did himself no harm when it comes to selection and things like that. So I think he's locked in for a few weeks now, and um, listed as a forward, he's going to be a pretty good option there. Um, Riley Bonner is one I've been pretty high on in the preseason. Um, he had 77 points, so that's just respectable. Getting a few kick-ins there too. Um, not much else to talk about from Port Adelaide, so yeah, we'll make the uh, that's a record uh, joke about how quickly I've got through them, and uh, yeah, we'll move on to some Hawthorne players. But Speaking of key forwards tonight, we've had a bit of focus on key forwards. Mitch Lewis is one I'm actually keen on at the moment. So he had 86 points, and I know he's playing against two pus sides, but uh, he's been good in two weeks. So he kicked eight. He's kicked eight goals in his last two games. Like so, played North last week, no surprise there, and then played on Port this week on Sam Skinner. So was very well on top there. But I don't know. I think we've got to probably hold our horses a bit in respect to who he's played in the last few weeks, but I think Mitch Lewis has shown some really good signs and late last season as well. So he's another key forward that I think if he was in a, in a better side or um, in a few more years' time, he's going to be a pretty good option. So I like Mitch Lewis uh, from that aspect. What do you think, Case? Just worried about his athleticism. He's a big brute of a human like a Tom Hawks, Tomahawk style. True. Bruiser. He, That's where six- I'm worried. You've got to, he's got to be in a good side for that to work. Yeah, true. But yeah, yeah, like your Tomahawks, your, your Charlie Dixons, those kind of players, they do score well. They have had good fantasy seasons in good if they're sides. in good sides, yeah. So you just got to wait till the Hawthorne kind of develop a bit more, I think. Um, just a few more quickly. Josh Ward had 85 points. So he just showed glimpses in the preseason and kind of backed it up here uh, in, a, in, a, in a major season game. Um, he was firmly in the midfield mix, had 15 CBAs, 20 disposals, five marks. But again, against a pushover team on the night. So we'll see how we go there. And your boy, uh, Dylan Moore, okay. He's had 75 points, uh, kicked two goals up forward. I was actually sitting with another Dylan Moore owner who was probably just as high on him as you were, Kay. So it was good to be talking about Dylan Moore all night. So, yeah, I think the owners would be happy with Dylan Moore. Any concerns on uh, Chankuth Jath? 78% time on ground, played a full game, 38 points. What happened there? Uh, yeah, just what, well, the ball wasn't really down their end too much. But um, I think for me, it's just kind of it, you got to expect this from a player coming back from injuries and things like that. Because I think he was rushed back into the side as well. Um, well, not rushed back, but he kind of developed like ahead of ex- um, expectations, I guess. So I think you just got to give him a little bit of leeway. But yeah, just kind of it wasn't around it too much. But like I said, the ball didn't come down there too often for him as well. So yeah, wasn't really just his night, that's all. Any other players from uh, this game? I'm happy to move on as quickly as possible from this one though, boys. Cool. Going once, going twice, going three times. All right. Poor oh God, I don't know if I want to move on to the next one. It's Gold Coast versus Melbourne. Ken out. Anyway, is, Ken, is Ken you back on the Ken out train? You, I've never left it, mate. I've been on it for four years. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's definitely, it's getting closer. And I think I think a lot more people out there are starting to see what I've been saying for the last four years. Um, even though we, people, are blinded by, people are blinded by the top two finishes and things like that. But if you actually watch the way we play, Pretty putrid. I don't think we've beaten a top four side in a, in a regular season, except for Geelong. That's the only one we end up seeing beating. We don't really beat. I think we've beaten six over the last five years or something like that. Six top four sides over the last five years. Um, we only we beat up on the lower teams, and that makes us look good and makes everyone think we're actually half decent. But when it comes against good sides, we're no good. But anyway, I think Ken's got a lot of work to do. If you're right, mate, you can move on now. Sure. Jeez. Yeah, good, good. I wanted to. All right, I'm trying to steal from who you're going to talk about next, Dossie. That's all. Oh, it's my turn, is it? 
Yeah, it is. Oh, Gold Coast versus Melbourne. Bowie! <laughs> Jake Bowie. <laughs> 125 points. Boy, oh boy, Bowie. Uh, this guy's only 19 years old. He's played what? I think this was his ninth game. He's a fantasy stud, boys. 34 disposals, 24 kicks, 79% efficiency. Just think about this. 34 disposals and he only had three turnovers. I think Trent Rivers in this same game had 20 disposals with seven turnovers. So, this guy is an elite user. He had 16 intercept possessions. I think it was about 16 contested as well in just 72% time on ground as well. So, pretty low tog for the, for the for our, our redhead friend. Um, he looked fantastic. And I don't know if you guys got to got to glimpse of this one, but it was a complete reversal of his, you know, poor first game against the Dogs, um, having to do a bit more lockdown and stuff, it seemed. But in this game, he was just playing as an intercept defender, just about as like a small... He's, you know, he's very undersized, obviously, but oh, it was so great to watch. And as a proud owner, boys, um, I'm expecting... More of the same, you know, 120 plus is probably the uh, the benchmark now that he's going to go for the rest of the year. No Salem for the next, how long? A few weeks. Um, nah, I think without Salem though, he is going to have a pretty nice score build. So, are, we ex- are you guys excited as me about Bowie? Um, well, you're obviously excited because there is half a page worth of notes here. I know you've read through them pretty quickly, yep. but uh, look, I didn't see the game, but he's definitely a player I'm keen on at the moment. I do own him in one league, but also in the, the classic format with the low break even this week. Um, still a bit pricey with the 400k. I know we're talking about the wrong format here, but uh, that that kind of piques my interest there. So I'm going to be watching with interest for the next few weeks, that's for sure. Kays, you, are you, were you ever a, a bow lever? <laughs> no. I'm not a bow lever yet. I want some more evidence. Oh, I think that's plenty uh, in your ninth game. He's already got a flag. One swallow does not make a summer. Oh, he's a gun. Um, I do want to note, though, I think something, like I said, maybe looking at the stats in the future weeks, but against um, defender, uh, defenders against Gold Coast right now seems to be pretty juicy. We saw last week in round one, uh, Luke Foley tunned up out of nowhere, 81 for McGovern, 80 for Hearn. Um, and that was a relatively low-scoring game as well. And then in this one, we had Bowie go 125, Stephen May, key defender, 94, who's you know got a career average of about much lower than that, and Tomlinson, an 88. So, I don't know, just something to look at, streaming your defenders against Gold Coast. So, that's GWS coming up against him this week. So, maybe Whitfield could bounce back, but I guess look at guys like Cumming as well and, yeah, a few back there that could go big. Yeah, absolutely. And those fringe guys that you can get your hands on and the keeper, you know, have a look around. I mean, I know Haynes, you might want to field him and those sort of players too. Connor yeah, Iden maybe. Um, anyway, moving on, we'll talk about the other young gun from this game as well, and that was Luke Jackson. I was heaping praise on him in the preseason, saying you could pick him up as a forward. I was shunned, uh, not only on this podcast, but uh, multiple pods of picking up Luke Jackson too early. Don't know if it was now, boys. One twelve, and uh, the Jackson-Gorn split looking... A little bit more real now, a couple of rounds in. Now, look, that could change very quickly depending on the matchups. I, I did say it was going to be very matchup dependent. Is he 2G for P, though? I, I'm seriously asking this question. I know it's two games. He got a 72 and a 112. But once again, nobody's trading this guy. He's a freak that's going to get better and better and better. Um, he's already gone over 110. Like, this guy's way too good for the podcast. Happy. As an owner, more than happy to 2G for P him. I'm still not convinced that, you know, 
the Gorn Jackson split has settled. I think Melbourne are kind of playing with their food at the moment. They're giving, you know, Gorn a bit of extra time just to roll into a shortened preseason. Um, sorry, roll into the season off a shortened preseason. I think Maxi will still come good, but uh, yeah, no way in hell am I trading Luke Jackson. Are we confident he's going to average above 80 as a forward this year? I think we are, aren't we? To be honest, I wouldn't say confident. Okay, well then he's not 2G4P. Mm. That's the criteria, unfortunately. So you've just answered your own question. He's not 2G4P. No, I just don't want to be confident so I can talk about him more. So we'll talk about him next week. It's going to be interesting, um, Draper versus Jackson and and how they balance the Gorn matchup there, whether they let him go head-to-head with another young ruck, I'm interested to see. But yeah, let's talk about him for a bit longer. the old Luke Jackson. I'm keen to keep looking. Uh, Alex Neil Bullen popped a 117. Now, this is two good games in a row from the Nibbler, his nickname, the Nibbler. So, he had an 85 uh, last week as well and then into 117. He's got a little bit of a nicer score build this year, playing some inside. So, he gets a few little CBAs every week and they're trying to put him around the ball a bit more. So, he's actually able to use his tackling game, getting nine this week. So, one to look at. Um Moving on again, we'll go Tom Sparrow. So, anyway, I'm, I've got some interest in Nibbler, though. Two big scores. Tom Sparrow, 77 points. He's getting some midfield time, but not too much time on ground. I think he'll basically just um, won't have that high ceiling yet, but he's definitely one to look at in the future, given that they're already giving him a lot of midfield time. But I wouldn't expect too much st- scores. He's more of a stash this year. Cozzy Pickett, 75 points. Very exciting, and I'm kind of expecting him to, um, I think, be more of a reliable scorer this year when he does manage to hit the scoreboard just because he's got such a high tackling game. So, I'm still keen to kind of loop him in when you can. Trent Rivers, uh, 75 points. Some pretty good signs, but um, he's traditionally a low time on ground player, so I really want to see that tank lift before we kind of have any faith in him. And I think Bowie's going to be ahead of him when Salem returns, so it's going to be interesting whether he can kind of maintain his role in the side. Moving on to Gold Coast and Alex Davies. Um, Pretty big on this guy now. 51 points in 65% tog. You know, I love my time on ground case, but this guy actually, to me, is looking like the third year breakout to watch next year. So, super clean with his hands. He's great by foot. And I'm feeling some five vibes. This guy's a big frame. He hasn't quite got the bulk yet. Um, but I think he's got plenty of room to build into that frame. And he's like, they were even talking about in the broadcast, like whenever he got it, it's kind of like, there's just something about him. And I don't know if you guys have seen it or if you've been excited by him yet, but I think it's his third game of AFL. And, and I'm seriously next year, because he won't get the time on ground this year. Um, later this year or next year, like huge on this guy. Whose spot's he taking in there? That's my big question. Well, I think there's room for him. <laughs> like, to be quite frank, they've got Raul, Anderson, Took, and obviously Jew's not a huge fan of Fiorini. He wants to play him outside anyway. So, I think that they've already given him centre bounces now. So, I think that's only mm-hmm. just going to keep growing and growing as he, as he builds into his frame. So, yeah, like end of this year, I'll be stashing him and next year I'll be drafting him and hiring him for a third year breakout. Does he have DPP right now? I don't think he does. He's mid-only, isn't he? Uh, he's mid-only because he basically got one game last year and was thrown and got all yeah. the centre bounces in that one game, which shows you how high they really want to get him in there as soon as they can. 
Um, when he gets that DPP though, he's going to be pretty. He's going to be, yeah. you know, his, his stock's going to rise. He'll get that's it. For sure. He'll get it this year. Um, he'll get it because he's playing enough there. And like I said, yeah, just you know how Fife started his career as a forward. That's kind of where I'm making the comp because he's not. He's still got that wiry frame, but he's showing forward craft. But he's clearly a midfielder. So very excited actually about Davies. Uh, Jeremy Sharp, bit of um. Low scores from Jeremy Sharp and Kays, I know you've been a big fan, but yeah, he's not getting the role. He was actually starting forward in this game and I think it's because Atkins is in the side. So, I'm still buying low on Jeremy Sharp. I think when he gets the role that he should be playing, he's a great scorer. But yeah, a bit concerning at the moment for Sharp. I missed a few preseason games because of injury, so maybe they're just warming him back up. That's my gut feel, but I haven't really watched any Gold Coast yet this season. Yeah, I'm the same. I haven't really watched much either. But did I hear they're playing Atkins on the wing over Sharp? Yeah, yeah. So Sharp's playing correct? forward, like a fair bit of forward. He did rotate yeah. there. But also the fact that, um, like I mentioned, they're playing Fiorini a bit more on the wing as well. Yeah, that's true. And so you've got Fiorini on one and Ellis just locks down one wing all to himself. So, yeah, it's like that wing role is a bit hard to come by at the moment for him. But um, I, I was just saying, you did mention it, but I just think it's worrying that they're playing Atkins over Sharp. Yeah, I'm hoping it's just that injury concern, that's all. Yeah, and I, th- I can't remember if, Sh- if Atkins was a late-in or something, but it's almost like a lot of the time they're kind of structuring the side. Um, yeah, Sharp's kind of on the outer a little bit in that role. So, I'm still keen to buy low if you've got that sort of stash ability for Sharp, but it might take a little bit of time this year by the looks. Uh, David Swallow, he's going to get DPP. He's clearly playing as a defender this year and not getting any midfield usage. He's been trash, um, <laughs> to be quite frank. But could he be a D5 or D6 for us after round six? And could it be worth having a look, uh, especially considering he's at his lowest? And he has shown an ability to score at least in the past. So I'm kind of still, you know, I'm, I'm just keeping an eye on him, but I've never been a Swallow fan myself. But just keep an eye on him in case he provides value as a defender when he gets that status. Jack Lacocious. Now, Kays, you and I have been big on Lacocious just in terms of long term, this guy's going to be a star. I actually think he's a huge buy-low candidate right now. Um, playing as a forward, he's he's definitely <laughs> could be a candidate for back to the podcast this year as we talk about people that can be eligible to be talked about on the Keeper League pod. Um, that's why I'm talking about him because he's his fall from grace so far. Um, uh, Hef, first of all, you're the you're the authority here. Can we bring him back to the podcast? But secondly, I might ask, are you still high on him long term? Sorry, Mr. We're talking about Jack Lacocious. Uh, yeah, he's definitely a back to podcast candidate for mine, but I think it's probably a bit early to say, but Looking at that role as a key forward, um, and I flagged it in the in the off season. I wasn't as keen because, like I said, like there's been a few key forwards we talked about tonight. But and you know we're constantly saying this this guy's going to go 80. But if you just look at the numbers purely, a lot of key forwards don't average over you know the 75 range. There's basically none did last year, um, just purely because the fluctuations in their scoring. And I think it's kind of the same for Lacocious as well. Like he's probably worth holding on just because you know he might go back to a defender at some time because we've seen him play well in that role, but. And then with Ben King missing as well, like you mentioned. But yeah, I'm just, a, I'm, I don't know, a little bit concerned. But I don't want to bring him back to the pod just yet. The thing is, it's going to be hard because he's a defender this year. So you're not going to get those defender scores like we saw last year. The other thing you've got to take into account, they played Melbourne. So they've got, you know, Stephen May. They've got some of the best defenders in the league. They're going to come up against GWS this week. Uh, Bolton and Lynch combined for seven goals against them. No Phil Davis. Their back line's pretty weak. So I think he might be one who may become a bit of a streamer this year, purely on how strong the uh, 
the opposing defence is because, uh, you know, he can get away from a couple key defenders for sure. Yeah, I just question as well whether they're going to actually move him somewhere else at some point, like whether that's into defence again to just get his mojo back or something. So, I don't know. I'm, st- I'm still super high on Lukosius and I think the difference that I have now is that Ben King's not in the side. Like, I'd planned my rank was with him in the side. He's going to take the number one defender. Lukosius is going to be free to roam up the ground, whereas, like, you know, they're, they're missing their, their big target down there. So, it's kind of just changed that plan a bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, all right. So, moving on to my next game. You got me for a few games here in a row, and I'll try and power through this one because I don't know how much we can take out of the North Melbourne West Coast game. So, um, yeah, we, we probably can't take too much out of it. Obviously, West Coast were missing, I don't know what it was, 16 teams or something, uh, 16 players or something ridiculous. North had a couple of injuries. So, LDU, I think he got a KO. I haven't actually seen what happened there yet, but it looked like a knockout. Yeah. Um, and then the other major one was Taron Thomas with some ribs got kicked accidentally by Foley. So, there's a, some pretty juicy midfield time available if you've got some guys um, in that depth chart. Just see who's going to be taking them because there's going to be some guys getting bulk CBAs. Probably um, a guy like uh, Tom Powell will be stepping up into that midfield rotation a bit more. Jaden Stevenson, I just want to quickly talk about, just not selected this week. Any concern as an owner? I would be um, because people are going to want a premium for him. So you're not going to get him for a good good rate, I don't reckon. And Man, he's had some issues in the past, you know, um, at Collingwood and now at North. I'd be worried. And didn't do a lot in the VFL either, so that was concerning too. Yeah, Tristan Sherry, starting ruck again. He's going to be one of the better picks, I think, later in your drafts this year. Um, if you didn't, if a lot of people didn't have faith, he would have gone super late in drafts, which he did in mine and I'm sure you guys. Um, yeah, he's going to be a great pick this year, playing a lot of ruck. I'm actually thinking Goldstein might be um, left out of the side soon in the because he doesn't provide a heap forward. So, yeah, watch out for that. Tristan Cherry, great pick. Uh, Luke McDonald playing defence again. I think it was UK's that was big on this, or was this UHEF? But, yeah, Luke McDonald, he's showing great signs as a defender. He's going to get that status. So, very exciting times when he does. Tom Power, genuine start. A lot of people talking about him, just like, why isn't he getting a game? So, keep an eye with that midfield available. Polak looked great um, in his first game back. Sure, it's against West Coast. Wait and see how that goes. On the West Coast side, Sam Petrevsky seat, and I've got a lot of stocks in this guy. I said it in previous weeks. Um, he started in the in the guts, obviously, where they were a lot weaker side, West Coast, this week. But stocks are rising for Sam Petrevsky seat, and I think really good signs. Luke Foley um, had another great game, well, stellar game, I'd say, after tunning up last week. But he had a f- massive third quarter i think it was like 43 points so um sustainability when the studs come back i'm questioning for him so just be wary of locking him away as that sort of solid player but he could just be that d6 for us this year if he holds his spot on the side uh willie rioli looks to be really good in a forward mid role as well and he could be actually a f6 surprising f6 for us this year because he's looking really back to his best out of nowhere after playing for you know not nearly two years uh, Patrick Nash, another player that's sort of hot on the lips of coaches is of mm-hmm. the classic side of things. Is he best 22 is my question because that's the only question. He's, he's looking fantastic as a fantasy scorer. Haven't really watched any West Coast, so I'm not too sure. But uh, I hope so. I actually only been our home leg. I don't know. It's so hard to know about any of these teams at the yeah, moment. you got to wait West until there's a, they at least look like having a full-strength side to judge any of these players. I the think. one player I am excited about from this game, though, is our boy. 
K's. Luke Edwards coming mm-hmm. in. Look, he had an mm-hmm. incredibly low score, but that's because he was the sub. And apparently, you know, that was the plan coming in because he's had an underdone preseason. So you might be like, why the hell isn't this guy getting selected ahead of the substitutes for the, the you know, waffle players? The top ups. But it's basically yeah. just to get some run through the legs. He had a limited preseason. So 50% time on ground. He did manage to get on the ground when um, one of those waffle players these days, Answorth, uh, I think it is, um, went off. But he scored 41 in half a game, and um, our boy looks great. So, get on Luke Edwards as that stash option. He's going to be in the best 22 with the real side as well. All right, moving on to, I think it's the last game. No, we got one more after this, but I'll be quick with Richmond GWS. Um, There's always not a heap to talk about with both these teams, apart from GWS a bit. Daniel Rioli. Super game. Uh, defender forward, he tunned up and pretty much showed what we thought, I reckon. A couple of us were pretty high on him. Hef, you haven't talked for a bit, mate. You want us to hurry along because we've had a long show, but come on, mate. Talk about Rioli. It's gone. No, nah, not hurry along. I just don't think we need to spend, um, you know, half an hour talking about, uh, you know, why Patrick Nash is a good option. But oh, mate, you, you, okay, <laughs> no. you guys talk for 45 minutes, leave me with the dregs at the end and then Dossie's not allowed to have words. Sorry, mate. Nah, poor I, was just, I was just kidding. 50 minutes again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? That was the quickest Port Adelaide. You walked out of the room when I did Port Adelaide. That I was did. the uh, quickest uh, Port Adelaide I've ever done. But anyway, now nah, Daniel Rioli, um, I was, last week I was kind of a bit, I felt like justified that I was kind of happy that I missed out on him in the draft. And because I think Kay's took in the pick afterwards um, that I was going to take him, or the pick before I was going to take him, um, a few picks before. But uh, yeah, look, now I'm looking a little bit uh, sad again that I've missed out on him. So yeah, um, he kind of he, he played the role that we wanted last week. He just kind of wasn't getting the wasn't getting the ball as much as we thought he'd like. But he seemed to kind of rack it up a bit more this week. And you know, in that role that he's playing, definitely could be a fantasy scorer this year. All right, I'm going to limit my players now because of the. the the Hef, Hef Maestro. But um, Jack Graham, Jack Ross, concerning case. Big time. Jack Graham especially. But when's this guy ever done a full preseason or not come into a season, you know, injured? So I don't know if we're ever going to see the best of him because he's always got a niggle or he's always unfit. Uh, Jack Ross, if he was still on the wing like he was last week, I, I don't think that's his, nah. his go. Yep. Um, but yeah, both Jacks are... Quite concerning. Yeah, keep an eye coming weeks. Uh, GWS side of things, I'm just big on Jake Riccardi. Uh, the score wasn't quite there, I wouldn't say, this week, but still huge on him going forward because, yeah, he's, I, I think he's just looking like a player um, for GWS. So, I'd be picking him up. I'm keen. What did he score? He got yourself, scrolling down, 67. But Sherlock Dossie's on the case with the Riccardi. I think when the Giants are up and about, um, Hogan, once he sort of slots into his role, uh, Riccardi will have the second best defender and, and Riccardi's going to run a muck. He gets up the ground really well. So, keep an eye on that. I think uh, Kays will be singing my praise on Riccardi in a couple of weeks' time for Sherlock Dossie. Uh, Tanner Brune. This one, we got a shout-out. The, the Oracle. Talk to me, um, The Oracle on point again with a 78 points from Tanner Brune. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I agreed with this call. He, he looks great. But 86% tog, like actually getting a run out there. Had 13 CBAs as well. Mm-hmm. It's just Leon loves him. I spoke I spoke to Hef about this in their waiver wire podcast, Dossie. Only 24% owned he is. He had the same amount of CBAs as um, Josh Kelly and more than Tim Taranto. So, hello. Yep. That scored okay, but obviously he's more of a breakout candidate that's going to be, you know, going forward. But yeah. 
if he's going to mm-hmm. be able to score you that. Uh, Hogan as well. He was rusty. He got touched up by the broad Tarrant kind of match up there. So expect him to him to bounce back in future weeks because Hogan tends to kick multiple goals basically every time he plays and he, he, he didn't even get one in this one, I don't think. So I'll just have to look. No, he didn't score a snag. He usually kicks a couple. So keep an eye on Hogan. He'll, he'll bounce back. And that's me. Hef, you can uh, you can relax, mate. That's mine. That's mine finished. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I just thought we were kind of dragging a little bit. That's all. I thought we could just do with hurrying it up a bit. That's all. Um, we'll get through uh, Fremantle versus St Kilda. So, Will Brody um, is the name on everyone's lips at the moment. Uh, 109 from 61% time on ground. So, I think he just needs to hold his spot, which he will for the time being. There's been lots of indicators from the coaching staff that they're really happy with his role, the way he's playing. So, he just needs to hold that spot and he will score, um, especially with Fife out uh, for a bit of a longer period by the sounds now as well. So, Will Brody is, uh, is, going, to, uh, is going to go well. Um, Dossie's just writing, move along, hurry up in the show, Doc, as I'm speaking. On, <laughs> uh, Aiden Young, uh, 102 points. Look, 2G uh, 4P this guy now, guys. Um, like, there's no way he doesn't end up a star, I don't think. He's... Too good of a user to uh, actually, you know, to not have the ball in his hands at like all opportunities. So, do we agree, boys? Yep. 2G4 PP, yep. Hayden Young? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's get him off the list. Um, Caleb Sarong. Now, this is a guy who is battling at the moment. He seems to be playing more of a defensive midfielder type of role. And just with Brayshaw and Brody just winning all the footy in there, there's just nothing left for Sarong, um, you know, in terms of fantasy scoring. And we can't really blame the time on ground issues at the moment anyway, because he still had 80% um, time on ground and the most CBA. So, he gets the most midfield opportunity in there as well. So, I'm a little concerned. Dossie, I know you love the bloke. Are you concerned? Um, yeah, it's concerning for the short term. Long term, I think he's still fine. But yeah, he's he's definitely looking to be playing that sort of defensive-minded role as opposed to letting the other guys get the pill. Like Brayshaw had 40 and he couldn't do much himself. So yeah, it's a little bit concerning for Sarong. Especially, you know, you're expecting him to, to go big when the Fifes and the Mundys aren't there and he's not able to do yeah, that. Exactly. So maybe he's just going to be better with them around him, bigger bodies. But um, yeah, that'll be one to watch, I guess, his scores with and without those guys. All right, uh, Sam Swickaxe is just worth mentioning quickly because he actually got some CBAs last week. So after getting a few in the preseason, didn't get any last week, um, got some this week. Only 51 points, but the opportunity is there for him to do a bit of uh, better fantasy scoring. Now, here's another guy I don't really want to mention because I don't want the reaction from Dossie because now the show's going to go for about three hours. It's uh, Josh Battle at 113 points. So he had an awesome game. How many points? Just lots and 113, Dossie. Yep. Lots of intercept marks in that game. Now, well, we'll say that Frio were pretty wayward where they're kicking inside 50, so he's probably not going to get 13 marks per game uh, going forward. But he didn't have any kick-ins as well, which I thought was interesting. So he did this without taking the kick-ins. Now, does that mean that when he's not taking 13 marks a game, which I'll emphasize won't happen each week, he's not going to score as well? Or, Dossie, what what did you make of this game? No, mate, he'll be fine. Uh, I'd probably be banking in for a... 100 plus week to week just like uh, Bowie but no obviously yeah you're probably just going to get some huge scores when he versus um, when he's up against teams that do butcher the ball but I just you know how can you not have positive signs after that game clearly able to have a bit of freedom back there as well but um, surprising he didn't take kick-ins I think he will take a few um, going forward but yeah Brad Hill sometimes just hogs those a bit especially up against his old team I think he had a bit of point to prove old Brad so getting booed by the crowd he might have wanted Bit extra, <laughs> quite a getting a bit there. extra um, temptation to take those kick ins. So, nah, yeah, you got to be excited about battle. Did you like what you saw, mate? 113? Yeah, like, like I like what I saw. I just thought it was like a quite a circumstantial game for him, though, Come just on. kind of like 
result of like out of not like he, he played well. Don't get me wrong, but it was like yeah, just uh, scoring was boosted a lot by Fremantle's Do kind of kicking. That's ninetieth in your forward rankings in retrospect. There, Hef, where you put him? <laughs> Is that where I have him? You had him ninetieth. Dossie at twenty five. <laughs> he Jeez. was last week. Yeah, I was I was justified last week, but uh, yeah, um, I think when we did that ranking, I wasn't certain on his spot though either. So yeah, now I'm a bit more certain as well. Anyway, uh, Jack Higgins, uh, 102 points, so he just had the kicking boots on this week. Had four goals. Um, just if he can be a bit more consistent, I'll trust him. But he just needs to prove that he can kick straight week to week, and uh, he should be good for some decent fantasy scoring if that happens. But since the Missy Higgins games, he's had the yips most weeks. So yeah, it's a it's a bit of a difficult one to judge. But um, yeah, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt this week. Played well. Now, Jack Sinclair had 97 points and he had 15 CBAs, so he had the second most behind Steele. So, it's a really good year to own him with defender status. I don't think we 2G4P him just yet, but he's getting pretty close with this role that's happening at the what moment. What did he average so last we'll have another year, week. Was he just outside? He must have been. I think he would have been, unless maybe he's 2G4P. Nah, well, he really. must have been really just sure. outside last year if he was. So, 79 points, I think, I think what you yeah, cut so off is 80. Outside. so. Yeah, not quite. Mm. So, yeah, very close. We'll give him one more week, I reckon. Uh, and Brad Hill, you mentioned it before, but had a point to prove. He had 94 points just coming out of defence like he usually does. Uh, took the most kick in for the St Kilda, which was uh, four, and uh, had 82 last week. So, he's got my attention a bit at the moment, old Brad Hill, because he's putting up back-to-back good scores, playing a pretty fantasy-friendly role, despite not being able to score that well in it previously. Um, yeah, it looks like he's kind of uh, doing well this year. Yes, Doss? On the Fremantle side, I just wanted to notice something I noticed late in the game was that they swung um, a very popular name. That's the only reason I bring him up and draw out our time a bit more, Hef. But um, very popular name, uh, Heath Chapman, was moved to the forward line in the last quarter because they just seemed to not have a spot for him down back. And I don't think he's not much of a lockdown. Like, I think Rochelle kicked, you know, five just about on him the first week. And then he had, I think, Higgins at times in this game. And he was just letting him go. Um, So, I think he's either going to be sort of maybe not in the squad or... In that forward line, he looked great. So, I'd actually be keen for his scoring if he's playing forward. Just a, just a flag. Okay, yeah. Not, not a bad one. He's a very popular name this year, um, given that preseason kind of scoring he did. And uh, lots of classic coaches have him yeah, too. He had so, 20 in the last um, quarter yeah. playing forward. So, yeah. We, we did flag that there's a lot of mouse to feed back yeah. there. And I think we're seeing a, um, we're seeing a result of that right now. Uh, look, quickly, no secret anymore. Jade Gresham, um, he only had 79 points, but still high in the midfield rotation this week. Just couldn't get his hands on the footy as much as last week. And he, he missed a couple of goals too, which probably would have boosted that score up a little bit. So, Jade Gresham was still one we were super high on. And uh, Max King, look, 68 points. And I'm just confident he'll end up in that kind of top echelon of key forwards. So, the 75 average range is where I kind of mark that as. He'll be one of those players. He almost won the game basically. Basically won the game with his own boot in the third there. Just kicked three goals in quick succession. Four for the game. So, yeah, he'll be a gun key forward. Not the best fantasy scorer, but definitely serviceable in our Keeper League sides. All right, boys. After about, I think it's an hour and 15 minutes, we're finally through the round rewind. So, the longest one of all time. So, sorry, Dossie. I didn't mean to hurry you up. It's just when I kind of realized that we're hitting the hour mark, you were in the middle of your three games. It wasn't your Look, fault, we've got a, was just, uh, When you got to talk Bowie, you got to talk up. Bowie, mate. It's, it's how it works. That's true, mate. <laughs> yep. Well, yep. When we, uh, yep. Fair enough. You got to do what you got to do, Dyson. Move on. Anyways, uh, membership. Uh, if you enjoy the uh, hour and fifteen minutes worth of rabble each week, uh, please consider becoming a member. Uh, we got weekly CBAs, kick-in scores, and uh, scores for and against projections, breakout tracker, and much, much more. You also get the Pod Pod, which everyone is kind of clambering to get to at the moment. We got members signing up left, right, and center just to get their hands on the Pod Pod. So a new episodes just come out. So make sure you check that one out as well. Current number one ranked player. Uh, member of the pod pod brett johnstone so 
good on him. And he actually gave us all a shout-out on his uh, tweet today. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. He did. So, yeah, yeah good on you. Good. We'd give him a shout-out back because I actually forgot to on the pod pod. So, <laughs> good on oh, you, Oh, there you go. <laughs> on, our, on our podcast, Brent, you, uh, you've got the you've got the shout-out. Anyway, each week we read out 10 gold members' names. So, thank you to the following people. Ryan Arms, Daniel Santillo, Matthew McClure, Ben Schmidt, Daniel Kellery, Tom Hawkins. I don't think that's Geelong Tom Hawkins somehow, but we'll probably claim it. it. Uh, Daniel Cottam, DC, DC Caterpillars. Mr. K, uh, Thomas Webster, and Dale Duverstein. So thank you for that to those good members. Now, on the reviews, guys, we still need 88. We only got two ratings and reviews since last week. All right. So I'm a long way off playing a game of footy and I couldn't be happier about it. So people obviously really support the Kenilworth Kookaburras because they don't want me playing for them. And that that, that makes sense because if you've seen me play footy, you don't want me yeah, to definitely so don't well. rate and review. Thank you. So, um, but yeah, on Spotify, all you have to do is go on there, click uh, click the star button. If you do want to review or rate, I guess, you don't actually have to write anything. So it takes two seconds. So if you want to jump on there and uh, you know add to the add to the tally, you can. Um, and on Apple, if you want to leave a review, we'll read it out on the podcast. All right, boys, that'll do it from there. Uh, let's uh, move on to the listener questions. All right, moving on to the listener questions. The first one we have this week comes from at Trav014. Do we avoid West Coast Eagles fringe players, so Foley, Waterman, Edwards, Petricelli, Nelson, etc.? We did kind of mention this in the, in the, in the show, but Dossie, what do you reckon? You watch the game. Um, I don't know. Is he referring to the COVID stuff though? Because obviously there's... No, I think just when they get the full squad back, you know, when you don't have 14 people in protocols. Yeah, I think, well, to be honest, I think Foley is putting his hand up to be a guy that could fit into the squad as well as um yeah I'm just high on Edwards it might take him a little bit longer given his fitness base but um Waterman another one that I think could be and should be in there all those guys should be to be honest um I think most of those guys might squeeze in maybe Nelson could be pushed out Petricelli looking good this year I don't know they they all they they're all okay players but they're not great for fantasy <laughs> so I, I think yeah, Foley and Edwards are the only two that I'm really keen on there all right. Uh, hopefully, they can hold their spot. Um, at Russ2468, uh, Graham has scored 53 off 64% time on ground and 70 off 77% time on ground. I'd hope with Prestia, Dusty, and Lambert out, he'd score higher. But given that he's progressing to that 80-plus time on ground mark, what do you think he can average from here? It all depends on fitness, doesn't it, boys? Like He's obviously underdone. It's just how long is he going to take to get fully fit and how long does he, you know, get back to that fantasy scoring that we're expecting. We'll get to that fantasy scoring we're expecting in the preseason. Uh, Doss, given you watched this game as well, what, what's your take on Graham? Yeah, just kind of wasn't around the mark. So it's just, yeah, it's a strange one because obviously I was kind of looking for him to to explode. And same same with Ross, like, you know, hoping those two guys can go well, but especially Graham. Um, yeah, just slightly concerning. We'll wait and see when that fitness base builds up. You can either go one, or, one way or the other, can't you? You can try and buy low right now and think that he can build that fitness base up or you can just, you know, just give up basically. So, you've got to take one one side or the other. I don't think I'm giving up just yet. I'd love someone to do a deep dive on this, but I reckon if you went back somehow and looked at scoring from people who have had bad injury riddled pre-seasons and their scoring output that year, it's just bad news. Like avoid guys who have had bad pre-seasons. Yeah, I'd be, I think that's I'd be still uh, on the buy low yeah. for him. 
end of the season he might come alright we'll wait and see uh, boys at Dynamite sorry wrong question um, at Pies2211 um, he's talked about battle sitting battle on the pine this week so he's got to be shame there but uh, he's wondering Doss I'm going to ask you this one again seeing that you watch this game as well is it panic stations for Hopper um, so he looks like an M8 at best what's your what's your take there is there just a few younger midfielders going in what's the, what's happening I there? don't know what's happening with the managed side of things I mean it's just obviously they've probably just got their like like they do sometimes an injury behind closed doors oh sorry was he out I didn't even read yeah, that yeah so he yeah. got managed for the week after a week so obviously there's something going on you don't know what um, just wait and see because Hopper was Last year, their like leading centre bounce attendee and Leon loved him. So I don't think he's out of favour or anything. He's like beloved in that club and internally. So um, you don't think the Tom Green factor, his rise? Well, I don't know. The do person it? you'd move out for me is Callum Ward, which they did in the preseason. So I, I think they're never going to do it by the looks. Well, I mean, Hopper's not there though. So yeah, I, I think Hopper's yeah, still in their plans. I, I don't know. We just have to wait for a report. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like panic stations personally. I just wait because. If there's something going on with his body, that's that's completely different than, yeah, giving up sort of thing. All right. Uh, at Dynamite Don's case, can you rank the following players? Uh, close, Willie Rioli and Mitch Lewis. Who are you taking first? Who are you taking second? Who are you taking third? <clears throat> to be honest, I haven't seen much of West Coast, but I'm actually really impressed by what I've seen from Brad Close this year. I reckon there is something there about him. Uh, Willie Rioli sounds to have, seems to have... Come back really well. Um, and yeah, Mitch Lewis, I just don't think he has that dynamic. Dyna- he's not dynamic enough to be a, a consistent, good key forward just yet. Yeah. I don't know. So you're just in the order he ranked him. I I'm, I'm flip a coin yeah. between all of them, to be honest. I probably Rioli ahead of the other two. I, again, I love Lewis, but I just wish he was in a better team. So probably Rioli. Close, close was fantastic. Lewis oh, yeah. Close was good, but I just don't know. I don't trust it week to week. That's all. I trust Rioli a bit more week to week. That's all. Just being a bit more of a senior figure or getting to that stage of his career, even though he's missed a few years of footy. But anyway. Um, all right. At Ruxon S, is it time for Ryan Burns to be dropped to the waiver? Ooh. Waiver's probably a bit harsh, but he's not doing he's not doing a whole lot. Sitting up forward, not getting any midfield time. Yeah, look, he's he's um, um he's moved his way to the back seat of the double decker. Um so but he he's still in there and he'll be right. It's a, it's a big fall for Grace from Ryan Goats. Isn't it? Uh, Gerns. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be dropping him just yet, but I uh, wouldn't be fielding him, that's for sure. Um, DJ uh, for Brooks asks, is it panic stations for Lacocious yet? I think it, it's it's for this season it is. I think is. we touched yes. on that, yeah. But I'd, I'd yeah, also be, like I said, there's so many roles he could play. There's so many outcomes for him, like long term. End of the if day, the problem is he's would got you be happy to the, own The him? problem is he's deaf mid already. Like, he can't get forward that status, too. which... Yeah, so yeah. this season, it's danger. But next season, might be good. Um, at Kang Daddy, we wants to know if we have any updates on Zach Jones. Now, apparently, he returned to training last week, I think it was. So, he could be back very soon. And he's just little little okay sign emoji here next to Archie Perkins and a love heart next to it as well. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that one. One of my boys, he's definitely in my station wagon, which is full at the moment. Uh, all four seats have been taken up. But anyway... Uh, Isaac underscore WF, uh, does James role, James Rose role seem sustainable? Um, so we talked about that in the pod that we like at the moment. Is it sustainable, boys? That's uh, risky. It's Honestly, just risky. small forwards. Small I like forwards. it, but it's I risky. Just, yeah, it's so rare yeah. for small forwards to consistently pop like this. It, it'd have to be a, a fantastic 
Just, to, I don't say it. No. <laughs> Second part of his question is, um, if you had a choice between him and Alex Neil Bullen, who would you take? Nibbler. 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 Yeah, I'd take the Nibbler Yeah, he's too. getting, that, he's getting right, some last, CBAs. Yeah, cool. Uh, last question I'm going to give to Kay's from at Jerry Hello 3. Uh, would you hold or dump Lockie Hunter to the waivers? Oh, no, you're holding. Yeah. You I was actually it. doing some research. I was doing some research. Yes, he's had a stinky start to the year and he's getting bevoed, but he hasn't had less than 500s in a season, basically, his whole career. He's had sometimes up to 10. Even last year, he didn't have a great year. Had five tons and 590s. So, um, there's a first time for everything, guys. I understand. But nah, like, I was just kidding. <laughs> who knows what happens each week with the, the dogs? Who knows? All right. We'll wrap it up there. We, oh, yeah, we did make it shorter than last week's podcast, so that's all right. So we're getting there, boys. We're getting there. But anyway, it's just the quality content that we dish out week in, week out. I think that's the, that's the problem. We're too thorough with our research, but uh, I haven't heard too many complaints this year about the length, so that's all good. Anyways, let's wrap it up. Uh, get around us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, that's at Keeper League Pod. Make sure you get around Manscaped too. Um, use the code Keeper20 to get 20% off and free shipping. Uh, and then the other thing is uh, your membership there's a link in the description below so if you're keen to join up as a member get access to all those bonus resources and also get around the pod pod as well the world famous pod pod that everyone's talking about make sure you are not missing out on that one either and the last thing to mention is to get out to Walkerville Oval on the weekend and watch Dossie uh, take on the mighty cats in his first game for the Kenilworth Kookaburras what number are you Doss uh, I don't know if I got cho- I, I don't know if that's decided on yet because I got given one on the weekend and I don't know if that's my permanent number or not, but we'll wait and see. All right. Well, hopefully there's a budget oh, on the wait, weekend. What we can number? Find out which one you might, anyway. I might have got snuck in. What number's Jake Bowie? Don't Quick, know. wrap it up, Hef. Wrap it up. Anyway, we have, we've, we've talked enough about Bowie, but anyway, uh, oh, thanks for dude, listening, I people. Will, and we'll, no uh, shit. My number on the weekend was 17, which is Bowie's number. I might have to hold on to it. <laughs> All right, all right. Look for number 17 on the weekend at Walkerville Oval. Anyways, let's wrap it up. See you later, people. Take it easy. Bye. Bye.